I have the privilege tonight of opening up our new series. And um, our new series is actually quite intriguing um, because there's, a, there's some mystery behind it and um, I'm really excited to talk about it tonight. How many of you can keep a secret? So, so someone comes to you and um, like we have a lot of young families in our church and this is my favorite one. Um, we have a lot of pregnancies in our church and kind of goes in batches, which is awesome. We love babies here. Um, someone will come up to me and say, we just found out that we're pregnant, but don't tell anyone. It's like, how can I not tell somebody such awesome, wonderful news that you are pregnant? But I guarantee if you tell my husband, he will tell somebody. So make sure if you want to keep that secret that you won't, you don't tell him that secret. But every one of us from time to time have been told something and said, no, just keep that a secret. Make sure you don't, you don't talk about it. What about a Christmas present that you bought or purchased and you just can't wait to give it to them? How many of you just are itching and have this secret and this awesome news on the inside of you and you want to tell this person what they got? Or maybe you were a young child and you're snooping in your parents' room and finding presents that are supposed to be secrets and you found something for your brother and you tell them, well, those are secrets that we can't keep either. They're just too exciting. What about a raise maybe that, um, that you get and your boss says, this is just for you, so make sure you don't tell anyone. But it's, it's too exciting. It, that one's hard to keep too. A surprise party, that's the big one. Don't ever do a surprise party and tell me about it. You have to wait until like the day of and say, come to this party, but it's a surprise you can't tell them because I will inevitably spill the beans because I love surprises. So anyway, so tonight we're going to talk about the best kept secret, the best kept secret. I want to read to you a story out of John chapter four. Now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus did himself, um, did baptize, but only his disciples, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God, and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get the li that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty 
or have to come here to draw water? Jesus said to her, go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Just then the disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking with the woman, but no one said, what do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. There's a very long passage of scripture that I wanted to read as a, as a kind of a bed for what I want to talk to you tonight. The best kept secret. I talked earlier about secrets that you can keep. But the best secret, the best thing that has ever happened to you, you cannot not tell somebody. When you're in love, you tell people. When you get married, when you're engaged, you just want to tell people because you're happy, you're excited about what's happened to you. It's a secret, something exciting on the inside that you want to share with others. Do you remember the day that you came to Jesus? Who remembers the day that you got saved and came to Jesus? Do you remember how exciting that day was? Do you remember how you felt, how exciting it was to finally be, be done with your old life and feel, you felt that new freshness on the inside and you wanted to tell everybody? That is a secret that we are not supposed to keep. That is a secret that sometimes we as Christians think, well, we don't really need to tell anybody. This great thing happened to me, but I don't really feel like I need to share it with other people. But we're going to learn in this series how important it is that we do share our faith, that we do share our testimony with other people. And that is a secret that we have to tell. That is a secret that is just way too good to keep to ourselves. Because don't we want others to be in the same boat that we are? Don't we want others to have the salvation like us? Don't you want others to be in heaven with us? That's why we're here. That's why we're on this earth. So the Samaritan woman came, she came to the well to draw water and Jesus found an opportune time to talk to her about the gospel. Nobody else was around. It was a time that, that I believe was, was one of those open doors that we like to talk about of when we can share the gospel with someone. Jesus took the time to talk to her about the gospel. He told her about, about salvation. He, t he talked to her about her life. I mean, he knew things about her life that, that who else would know except for if it was something by a divine revelation. So he knew these things about her and she was so excited. Jesus came to talk to her about the good news 
And then what did she do? She went back to her village and she told them the good news that Jesus had told her. Come, come, see this man that told me everything about me. He told me about this good news. That's the excitement. Do you know how secrets are exciting? That is the excitement that I believe we need to have as believers to share the gospel with other people. Now, do we have to know our Bible inside and outside? No. People want to hear something real. I'll share with you a small testimony of myself. When um, I was a, uh, I think I was a senior or junior in high school, my older brother had come to know Jesus and he was very much on fire. He had left a terrible life um, that of his own choosing, um, a party life, and he came to know Jesus through, um, through some people that he knew. And I believe it was his mission to share with our whole family, but it sure seemed that I got cornered quite a bit by him. And he would share with me what happened in his life. And he would say, Doreen, I know the life you're living and I know you don't have to live like this. This is what happened to me. And I would just kind of push it off. But he was so persistent. He came, he, we found in fact, out of, out of the blue, I mean, times that we, alone times that we usually didn't have before, but it seemed like they occurred more and more. I look back at it and know it was God's timing for us. Because whenever we were by ourselves, he would tell me more of the gospel, and I just wanted to push him away. I didn't want it. But then something happened when he totally shared his heart with me, how he loved me and how he wanted me to be in heaven with him and how this new life with Jesus was amazing for him and how I didn't have to be sad. I mean, I, I'm a very emotional person, and before I knew Jesus, I cried a lot. Well, I know Jesus and I cry a lot now, but it's for different, but it's for different reasons. I was, I was sad. I was always getting into trouble. I was going to parties and I was, I was, I had so many different boyfriends and they were always breaking my heart and I was always in relationship crisis and, and everything, the, my horrible life that I had was my making also. But when he came to tell me over and over again, the first time he told me about it, I was intrigued, but I thought, no, I'm going to wait until I graduate from high school and maybe graduate college and maybe I'll get saved because there's a lot of partying time between then. I mean, I didn't want to waste any of that. I'll wait. But he was persistent. He kept coming to me and sharing the gospel with me, telling me how much he loved me and he knew this was the plan that God had for me. And I didn't listen, and I didn't listen until one day. It was about midnight. Um, everybody was in bed, and I knelt with him on our kitchen floor in our house that we were growing up in, and I prayed to accept Christ. And it was amazing. I, it wasn't like I had this excitement on the inside of me, that, that secret feeling, like, oh, I have a secret. I have something to tell somebody now. I have to tell somebody what happened to me because I was very sincere about making that prayer with him and I felt like I wanted to tell everybody so I went to school the next day and I was telling people and nobody wanted to hear what I had to say except for one friend finally after a while and then we started to to read the Bible together but it was a while before I really started walking with God but that was my salvation experience because somebody was persistent with me somebody who cared about me somebody who loved me now you don't have to love a stranger like my brother loved me it's a little bit different but you can love them enough to not want them to go to a real hell because we have opportunities every single day don't we we have opportunities every single day to share our testimony people don't want to be hit over the head with the bible 
that doesn't work. Let's say the Bible says this. The Bible said you have to stop sinning. The Bible says you have to do this. Well, people who don't know Jesus aren't going to understand that. But what they will understand is a genuine testimony from you. What people will understand is a genuine heart that you have for them. And does it mean we have to be on our soapbox and preach, you know, and you know, tell people to come listen to you? No, it's definitely relational. You don't have to be a preacher. All you have to know is that you have a secret. All you have to know is that you have something exciting on the inside that you just can't wait to share with someone. And maybe if that excitement is no longer at that high level, maybe try sharing your faith with someone. And I'll, I guarantee that your excitement will start raising again. The more you share the love of God with people, the more you have that fresh excitement in your heart for him. I want to talk about four things that um, to be mindful of while sharing the good news with people. Because remember, it's good news. It is good news, isn't it? When you came to know Jesus, wasn't it good news? Was your life perfect? Absolutely not. But it was good news because you had the opportunity to walk away from darkness once you've accepted Jesus. But the four things that I want to talk to you tonight about, the things we should be mindful of, are first, number one, is our motive. What is our motive? Ask God to give you a passion for people. That's where it all begins. Sharing your, your faith isn't necessarily a program or a technique, but sharing our faith is something that has to come from our heart. What is your motive? Ask God to give you a burden. Ask God to give you a desire. Ask God to give you passion for people. Ask God to give you love for people as you go in, in, your, daily, in your daily walk. Ask God to give that to you. Talk to your friends and your family about Jesus. Be persistent like my brother was, but what is your motive? And then be authentic. Most people can identify with the ordinary real experiences that you've had in your life. Be real with people. Don't be afraid to let them know that God is working in those ordinary, everyday experiences. But be careful of, of Christian lingo. People who don't know Jesus don't, aren't going to understand hallelujahs and amens and all those things, but they will understand a genuine love. They will understand a genuine testimony that you were once lost and Jesus helped you. Be authentic. Remember, people are looking, they're not looking for perfection from you. In fact, they, don't, they want somebody that they can relate with a little bit. They don't want somebody that puts themselves on a pedestal. They want somebody who is real to share with them. Love people unconditionally. This can be a hard one sometimes, to love people unconditionally. Because everybody isn't lovable. But this is what Jesus did, and that's what you and I need to do as well. No matter how people may mistreat or misuse you. People, we have to look to people that are not lovable. I know my husband has a friend that they used to go street preaching years ago. And they used to hand out gospel tracts and share God's love with people on the street. And for doing that, you people, you know, he, they couldn't just ignore them. But one time when this gentleman that he went with was very persistent, um, turned around and beat him up and gave him a bloody nose and broke his nose, actually, for sharing the gospel. Because sometimes sharing with people, I'm not, I'm not going to say that's going to probably happen. That doesn't happen probably that often. But there is a price sometimes. It's the, people are convicted and they don't always want to hear it. But there's people that you're going to share with that are unlovely. Jesus' motive for sharing with the woman at the well was that he wanted her to know the good news. 
He knew that she was in a trap. He knew everything about her. He knew everything about her. And yet he chose to be there at that time and he chose to share the love of Christ with her. The plan of salvation that she could have. What was my brother's motive for sharing his testimony with me? I guarantee it was definitely love. Even though I wasn't always very nice to him, I would push him away and not want to hear it. I would just, you know, call him names and I wasn't ready to hear it yet, but he, he persisted. So can there be a wrong motive while sharing the love of Christ? How many things there can be a wrong motive for sharing? There can be. Make sure that we're not being arrogant. We can never think that we're better than anyone. We never share the gospel with someone because we are better than them and we think, ah, You are just low life, and I am, you know, I am all this. We can't do that with people. That is the wrong way. This arrogance is is not a good way to share the gospel with with everybody. Make sure that the person is not just another notch on your belt. How many of you have been in Christian circles where they say, well, I I got five people saved last week. Well, just so you can have something to say, you quick go talk to somebody and, and, you know, if they prayed, and make sure it's not a notch on your belt because it's not have anything to do with a notch on our belt. Remember, the gospel is good news. The gospel is love. We need to share the good news with people from our heart. Make sure that you're not sharing the gospel with somebody out of anger. Because remember I told you, we talked before about beating somebody over the head with your Bible. Nobody wants to hear that. You definitely will push people away if you hit them over the head with your Bible and quote every scripture, not literally hit them on the head, but hope you don't do that. But show, you know, tell them scripture, you got to be saved because you're a sinner and, and this and that. They don't want to hear that. They want to hear a story. The second thing I think that we can um, be careful of is, um, is there a right time, timing? There definitely is a right time that can be opportune for pe- where people are more vulnerable. Make sure that the timing is right. Look for doors of opportunity to share your testimony. Look for opportunities. Now, we, um, I just got back from, from Florida a few days ago and flew out there to, to visit my sister. And unfortunately, I went with some of my other sisters. We couldn't sit next to each other because the airline split, split everyone up. Wasn't happy about that. But I got to sit next to a couple different people who we just started talking to and... Um, I just started sharing with them, you know, about, about church and stuff. And, and um, I didn't necessarily want to, but I decided, well, I'm just going to open up a little bit and share that, you know, we pastor a church. And sometimes when, as soon as you say that, you can close them off. But there was a, um, one of the guys was really interested in what we got to talk about. And, and so I had a chance to share, um, just to share a little bit of the love of Christ with him. Will I ever see him again? Probably not. But that was an opportune time. If you have to sit next to someone in an airplane or sit next to someone on a bus or of stranger, you don't have to be heavy-handed about it, but but just start talking about Jesus. Maybe that can be a right time because they're not going anywhere for a while. So definitely, that's the right timing at that point. Um, look for opportunity to share your testimony, and I keep saying this over and over. And Pastor shared it earlier. Our testimony is what's going to cause people to love Jesus. It's what's going to they're going to see this is real. It's not just a Bible that's sitting on my shelf. It's not just something that my parents made me do when I was growing up, made me go to church and and pushed Jesus on me. Jesus is real. And they want to hear your stories. They want to hear your story of how God saved you. They want to hear your story of how God helped you through a financial crisis. They want to hear your story of how God helped you when you were sick. They want to hear stories of genuine love 
because that's gonna turn them quicker than anything. A story of God's redeeming love from your own life will help them see that God answers prayer. People nowadays just have, don't, don't think that God answers prayer. Most people think that God's even not around at all. So when we're out there in this world that's dark and can share our testimony of love, share our testimony of grace, share our testimony of what Christ has done in our lives, we're going to be able to see people come to Christ as never before. Pray for open doors to those you want to share with that their heart would soften. The third thing is opportunity. Um, we need to pray for the right opportunity, which is different than, than timing, and I'll talk to, about it in a minute. But um, there's a scripture in Colossians 4, um, 3 and 4. I'm reading it from the Omni International Version. It says, Paul is talking here, and he says, Pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Praying for open doors is, is, a, is very, very important because the timing can be all wrong. I mean, in the middle of, of a loud party, it maybe isn't the time to talk to someone, but maybe it's a time to, to open the door a little bit and then make an appointment to, to meet with them at another time. But um, places of opportunity could be, um, could be a party. Could be a place where a lot of people are at and somebody may look, you know, like they just need a friend or something. You can go and talk to them. A workplace. Many times we can find times in a workplace to share a testimony, to share about Christ's love with those that we work with. A family gathering is a great place. Um, and a lot of other places, like to share the airplane. I mean, anything that we're doing, we don't have to be professional and polished preachers to share the gospel. I remember when I was first saved, I, I, I couldn't keep it in me. I couldn't keep it inside of me. I had to tell people. And instantly what, what that does is it alienates the people who, um, who aren't going to listen to you away from your life, which is probably good at first when you were first a Christian. But I wanted to share with people. And some people listened to me and they thought, well, how can I find what you found? How can you can be so happy? How can, how can you know so much about the Bible? I said, well, I don't know that much. All I know is what happened to me. All I know is that I was lost. All I know is that I was angry and bitter and cold and, and, and mean. But Jesus changed me. People want to hear that testimony in our life. They have to hear it. Um, and, then the, and then the last thing I want to talk about is prayer. It's really important that we take time to pray. I know that before we leave for work, before we leave for school in the morning, pray that God would open doors of opportunity for us to share our testimony, to share the love of Christ with those around us. You'd be surprised what kind of doors he opens. And, you don't, and don't be all nervous about it, thinking, God, well, I don't know so much about the Bible. It doesn't matter. Share, just love on them. Tell them God loves them. Tell them that, that you were a mess and God saved you. Tell them that you needed Christ and he was there and he met you. They want to hear about you. They want to hear about your stories. To pray to soften hearts. To take away the, bl the blinders that are holding them captive. I, I was thinking about this the other day. I recently had um, a frozen shoulder where um, scar tissue forms on your um, rotator cuff and, it, and you can't move it and it's very painful. And then I had a, uh, a manipulation where they broke all the... Um, Tend or the, um, scar tissue off, and then now it's, it's getting a lot better. But I was thinking of being held captive. My shoulder was being held captive. When I was getting ready for this message, I thought, you know, that's really a good analogy. 
until it was broke free. We need to pray that hearts are softened and the minds are open to us talking to them about the gospel so that those that are held captive can listen to the gospel and can be set free. It really is quite exciting to think about that we are God's ambassadors on this, on this earth. We are his ambassadors to share the good news. We can't keep this good news to ourselves. We cannot keep it to ourselves. We have to be able to share it with other people so that people can have what we have. Don't you want that? We should all desire for that. Maybe if we don't have that desire, maybe we can pray that God would give us a hunger and a desire to see souls saved. All the above points need prayer for timing, opportunity, our motive. Remember our message that we give to people is never a mechanical message. Nothing that's rote. I know, I know there's gospel tracts out there and those have their place, but what people really want to hear is you. They want to hear your message. They want to see a smile. They want, they want to see you and be able to relate to you. And sometimes it doesn't even take words. Years ago, my husband and I lived in Tulsa, Oklahoma, so I could go to Bible school. And I worked at a restaurant. And um, I was always happy. I I'm, I'm just love Jesus. And, I, and it just came out. And, and I had several coworkers that would come up to me and said, what is up with you? Why are you always smiling? And I could tell them. I, I didn't say, well, it's just me. I'm a happy person. Because that's not true. The reason for the joy that I have is Jesus. And I told them that. And I got to pray with my boss, and, and today we're, we're still, well, I haven't heard from her for a while, but we were friends for lots of years after I left. Got to lead her to Christ, and it was all because I shared my love with her. I shared a testimony with her that Jesus is the one who makes me happy. When people ask you questions about your life, don't say, oh, it's just, it's just me. It's just that happened that way, a coincidence. No, nothing is a coincidence when you are in Christ. Nothing is a coincidence when you are in Jesus. All the good things that happen to us are because of Christ. And tell people about it. Can we stand tonight? Share your love. And if you don't have love for people, pray. God will give it to you. Let's pray tonight. Jesus, we thank you so much for the gift of salvation in our life. Father, I thank you that I have a testimony. I thank you that I have a testimony to share with those around me. I thank you, Father God, that you give me openings and you give me opportunities. But I pray that you would give me more. Father, I pray for everybody in this place tonight that you would give all of us opportunity. I pray that you would help us with our timing, Father God. And I pray that you would help us with our motive into why we're sharing with people. Father, help the love, help the excitement that's in us about you be so contagious, Father, that people ask us, what is, what is up with you? Why are you so happy? Why is this happening in your life? Father, I pray for open doors of opportunity with our friends, our coworkers, those we meet every day. Father, I pray that would happen and you would help us, Lord God, to be able to share our testimony with people. In Jesus' name. Now that every head bowed and eye closed. Tonight I want to give you an opportunity to accept Christ as your Savior. I shared my testimony. I was lost. I was broken. I needed a Savior. And Jesus reached in and saved me. He can do the same for you. So if that's you tonight, if you would like to pray with us tonight, 
to ask Jesus into your heart, we would just love to pray with you. Go ahead and raise your hand if that's you. Father, we thank you for this night. I thank you for these amazing, wonderful people that are in this building tonight. I pray that you'd bless them as they go in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like prayer for anything tonight, there will be people up front um, that would love to pray with you.